0: Welcome to Zero to Start, a podcast about Unity VR development from concept to Oculus Test Channel with your hosts Ceciliana Trevino and Melanie Mansal. On Zero to Start, we drop into the basement of the Matrix where analog, digital media, and VR development coalesce into new dimensions and glitchy situations.
1: By creating my first VR experience, my goal is to help bring VR development and education to Berkeley Community Media, where I'm the outreach director. You can listen on Spotify, and now it's official. Zero to Start is on Apple Podcasts. What's next, Cece? iHeartRadio? Haha.
0: iHeart, hope so. (laughs) Sure, why not? Until then,
1: though, we do have a Zero to Start YouTube channel where we've been posting episode music playlists. My playlist is called Elements, and Ceciliana's is The Gamma.
0: Before we dive into our developer recap... I wanted to ask you about your recent travels to Mexico, and how was that traveling with all of the virus news going on right now?
1: You know, it was really intense on the way to Mexico on the plane, I felt like people were pretty relaxed, you know, like we're going and gonna be on vacation. And we got, you know, there was a few people wearing masks, but during the time that I was there, it felt like the coronavirus News had really escalated, and even though I wasn't really listening for the news, I kind of caught glimpses of it and heard different pieces. And on the way back on the plane, like most, everybody had masks, and everybody in the airport, you know, was donning a mask. And you know, it was pretty like people wiping down the airplane seats with Lysol products and really getting very detailed into protecting themselves.
0: The coronavirus is definitely escalating and conferences are being canceled all over the place. Mm -hmm. GDC was recently canceled. That was supposed to take place March 15th to Mm -hmm. the 20th, easily the world's largest gaming developer conference. And South by Southwest is in flux. Just a few weeks ago, educators in VR held a Mm week-long conference in VR in places like Altspace And engage what are your thoughts on all of this new conversation around remote events in VR
1: I'm definitely a Pollyanna on this topic I think that this wave of coronavirus is actually an impetus for people to look at VR more seriously you know people who may have said oh it's just for games or it's just you know a passing fad the coronavirus is showing us that we really we can work from home we can help to save the environment we can you know, lower our carbon footprint and still connect with each other. And that's the main point, is that we're connecting, communicating, collaborating. And, you know, if we can save the environment and keep healthy in, in that way by using VR, then more power to us.
0: It's definitely exciting to see how... Online communities and conversations are shaping up around the power of VR to connect people and be an alternative to meeting in the real world. The challenge is a disrupted supply chain. Innovation falls short when it's not accessible. What we're going to end up with is a whole lot of industry, early adopters having access to these powerful tools. But with a disrupted supply chain, it's going to be hard to meet the demands Mm -hmm. of of everyday people Mm -hmm. who need this technology or way to connect the most.
1: So it means we might have to depend less on foreign producers, manufacturers of those devices, right? Maybe we could become more sustainable in our own country and have more manufacturing here.
0: That's a complicated topic that okay. we don't really cover in our show. <laughs> no, that's outside of the bounds of the matrix, Melanie. Um, We're not I'm not talking about global trade and, you know, and manufacturing. Our dependence
1: on other countries is actually
0: a big issue too.
1: Yeah, it really... That's I the mean, supply the, chain you're talking about.
0: Yes, absolutely. Coronavirus definitely impacts so many political parts of our life and uh, from the supply chain to healthcare and to technology and how technology is going to respond to resolving some of these critical issues. And as we're faced with a pandemic that is altering global health emergency response and travel, it also brings up the topic of conversation around digital memories and virtual memorials. In the last few weeks, there was news that a South Korean organization had created a virtual memorial where a mother could visit with her deceased daughter.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's really moving video that we watched. It was incredible.
0: I'd seen the headlines and thought that it was okay, you know, that everyone has their own way of grieving and processing grief. But when we saw the video, I had a very different feeling. Like it gave me this, it was very unsettling.
1: Yeah, you basically... Um, the video is showing the mother in the headset, and both in the green screen environment and then when she's transported into the VR world with her daughter, who's pretty lifelike replicated. And as the mother's reaching out to hold her daughter, which you can tell she really wants to do yeah. you can really feel that emotion, it brought up a lot for me. And I felt like, oh, is that good? I don't know. Is that good for her?
0: Psychologically...
1: Or maybe there could be some kind of closure around you know seeing
0: her there were some comments in the video the comments were really interesting to see the spectrum of people that were supportive or people that felt that it was really dangerous Mm -hmm. and it's a bit of a pandora's box the commercial launch of the rift happened in 2016. it really feels like as this technology is kicking into gear these ethical questions about how to handle and approach experiences Mm. like this Mm. um, are really coming to the forefront and becoming more imperative because you have actual use cases, whereas a few years ago you were still wondering what the impact would be. That's right. And you have some experience a little bit with that also.
1: I I do, I do. I was able to collaborate with my friend Emily Ullman, who's the CEO and co-founder of Spatial First, which is a Bay Area prop tech startup Bridging the layers between digital and physical world, and she used her Matterport camera to come and capture my mom's just magical studio apartment. You know, where my mom was in like for 30 plus years. Wow. You know, where she had created her little world. And my mom used to always say, "Every inch is an altar," and it was really true. She had like fairies hanging from a leaf, beautiful metal leaf sculpture from her window. I really wanted to capture that. And it's wonderful because now I can go back and walk through into her living space and into the kitchen and experience, you know, it does bring up a lot of emotion just, you know, the environment where my mom was. I can only imagine what it would be like to have my mom's, you know, avatar in that space to see her and hear her again, you know, that would be really... Maybe too much for me, but also kind of interesting. It's, it's intriguing. I have video of her, though. She was She's the reason why I came to the TV station in the first place, because she loved to be in front of the camera. And I'm definitely behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> like the technical part. While I was gone to Mexico, you were able to attend the Oculus Launchpad Demo Day, and I want to know all about it, Cece. You told me little smidgens of the presentations i want to know everything
0: it was bananas it's an annual program by facebook oculus that helps see development of new independent vr experiences and supporting new developers launchpad is a two-day boot camp that was held in september coinciding with the oculus connect developer conference so we had two days of design and vr boot camp with about 100 uh, participants and then once the boot camp is completed participants have the option of working on an advanced prototype called a a vertical slice I imagine a big piece of cake when you say that right and with the cake you have the frosting and you have all the layers are baked and the fork just goes through like a sponge and it's tasty and delicious yes but you only have four months to work on it (laughs) so um, there was a four month development cycle to complete the vertical slice And they capped it off with a demo day, February 29th, featuring an array of incredible new dynamic experiences, everything from games, health and wellness, art, butterflies, uh, tool sets that developers can use. So it was really an incredible opportunity to spend the day with the Launchpad participants and seeing their presentations and everyone rooting for each other As they were going through the projects that they had created, I think I've applied two or three times. This was my first time getting in, and I'm ever so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of this collective of developers and producers and designers that are forging new ground across the spectrum of VR experiences.
1: That sounds so inspiring. Tell me about your project.
0: My project initially was a multiplayer called Icebreakers, based on an AR mobile prototype that I had done last year that was admittedly overambitious, given the time that we had and the resources. But I was really excited to try and do something that would push me beyond anything I'd ever done before technically. And while I didn't necessarily meet my goal with the project that I started with, I was able to create my first local area network with two VR headsets. Oh, cool. And um, I learned a ton about multiplayer computer networking, but really ultimately could see that I wasn't going to have enough time to get where I needed to be when I needed to be there. So I had to pivot, and I was able to adapt um, a concept that I had been working on last summer and into a piece called Bio Ofrenda Element Cycle, which is a virtual communion of nature, geometry, and meditation. It was the opposite of what I had been trying to make, which was this ice breaking multiplayer game. And for my presentation, I really wanted to highlight the creative process on how I went from trying to build a multiplayer to creating um, a meditation experience. The key lessons from that were really all around building to your test channel first, like trying to just get everything up and running and onto a test channel first thing so that you're consistently building from the beginning and you know that that works. Whatever kind of competition or deadline you're facing, you wanna make sure that your distribution platform is working before you do anything else, before you're polishing, before you're, really building out your system, you want to do a basic test first. I think that was one of the biggest takeaways. The other thing is, you know, take pride in your work, but don't let pride take you out of your work. I think if you get attached too much to a polished idea, it could really interfere with you having something working in the real world and and i think that can be really hard for creatives to know when to make that decision
1: that was your pivot you were talking about
0: the pivot yeah
1: (laughs) and that's why i think i'm always that's a new dance you're in the the basement of the matrix
0: (laughs) the youtube playlists really helped me survive like the constant dread of things not working because i was up against my own ignorance really of not knowing how things worked but It forced me to come to terms with how much I really want to make something that works. I really appreciate and have a lot of gratitude to Alison Lee of Oculus and her team for bringing us all together and making it happen. It's a wonderful opportunity to grow and learn. So if you're a new and budding developer, if you're an experienced developer looking into VR, definitely check out Oculus Launchpad in addition to Oculus Start. (laughs) on. <laughs> this week I was hoping that we would get to start the Unity project and go through the shaders that we needed. Yeah, we had to take a step
1: back from Unity to get my Oculus developer account set up and then we tried to get the headset working but we had a few setbacks with installing Windows on the updates, Those updates. because we didn't have enough room on the C Drive so that actually prevented us from installing the Oculus
0: platform. So what we decided to do was just kind of go through the developer dashboard.
1: Yeah, just to see what I needed to do to create an app. As it turns out, before you can create an Oculus app, if you're a new user, you have to set up an organization which gives you access to the Create New App button. This session was a great intro into the Oculus developer dashboard. The different elements required to create a new app, the various menus, etc.,
0: seems like there's a lot there. It's easy to get lost. It can I feel be like. kind of
1: confusing. That's right. One cool tip is to make sure that you bookmark specific pages so you can find them again. And I ended up bookmarking, most importantly, the Oculus app user
0: ID and the Oculus developer page. One thing I wanted to highlight is that I keep referring to the Oculus test channels, but essentially what they are is release channels that you set before you submit your app to the Oculus Store. So from the website, it says use release channels to test new versions of your app or different versions at the same time. You have the store channel, RC, beta, and live. You can also create your own custom channels, which is really convenient for sharing your experiences privately before they've been published. Still feeling the impacts of the retrograde, which ends March 9th, thankfully. Although we were able to set up Berkeley Community Media's organization on the Oculus Developer Dashboard, you were able to start your app and make a profile page for it, which is pretty exciting. And you got your app ID.
1: Woohoo! Exciting. Cool. Ready for the next steps.
0: And we're ready for a recap on this week's playlist. So tell tell me, ab- me about your <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about your playlist CC you the Gamma. This week on the Gamma, the thumbnails are mostly black and white with a little pop of color. I've got a couple of tracks by Crystal Castles, some Joji in there. I was really happy with the last 3 songs on the playlist. They make a little poem and it's once in a while enjoy the silence until the end of the world.
1: Oh, I really like that. Thank you so much for being so creative. I think (laughs) that our listeners will also really appreciate your intention and, you know, Check out the comments. Yeah, Yeah, check check out out the the comments comments in the videos.
0: That's always fun because people are talking about how the song makes them feel or people talk about what brought them there or the memories they had or the things it makes them think about. And it's a really nice way for me to be distracted without feeling like I have to engage
1: Nice. My playlist was definitely influenced by the flavors of Mexico. Some of the songs I found really enticing because they had this mood to them and gave it like a sort of romantic... I don't really speak Spanish. I know a few words because I speak French. So I couldn't really read a lot of the comments below. <laughs> Anybody? I love but,
0: the Spanish comments.
1: Yeah. Um, but there is some depth to the tone and the richness of the music. I do actually have a couple people that I paid homage to here who are friends of mine. Um, one is Esteban Bello, is in my playlist, and he's a beautiful flamenco player. He's local here in the Bay Area, as well as another beautiful musician. Her name is Marcy Valdivieso, and her father was Rafael Manriquez, who is the featured guitar player on the La Peña mural. At, wow. Yeah, on the wall over there. So, so La
0: Peña is a long-standing multicultural, multicultural performance space in Berkeley. It has an incredible Instagrammable mural mm-hmm. before there was Instagram.
1: <laughs> That's right. So it's ending with the prayer that was written by her father and she reads in both English and Spanish. And her husband, Ricardo, is playing the music in the background. I also want to say that I'm performing with Marcy playing the didgeridoo. It's going to be a live performance at a gallery honoring women who are like serpents and wear eagle's claws. Something some translation from Spanish that I When learned. and where is this? <laughs> is so this one of the videos in the playlist or is this that's about? happening? It's about to happen. It's Friday the 13th in San Francisco at an art gallery that will be in the show notes fantastic can't wait so thanks so much again for the opportunity to create the playlist because it is not just a distraction i think it's a focus you know that you can have playing in the background and give you like those tones and those flavors and bring you into another world here we go here we go see you on the other side
0: Thanks for joining us in the basement of the matrix on zero to start. Be sure to catch the playlists on our YouTube channel and check out our show notes for links to the things that we covered in this episode until Until next time. Happy installing.